Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Live from the Channel Seed Studios, Channel Seed Studios. this is Jared and Jabo and Iowa, Iowa Everywhere. Everywhere. Jared Stansberry, Jared Stansberry. Jordan, Bohannon. Jordan Bohannon, together on Iowa Everywhere. Yo, welcome into the podcast. Uh, it's been a hell of a night for Jordan Bohannon. It's Selection Sunday. Recording in the Channel Seed Studios on Iowa Everywhere. What's up, man? Hi, Jared. You've been going through it. I've yeah, I've I've almost done a lot of bad things today. We'll keep it vague. We'll keep it vague. The the listeners can use their imagination what Jordan's been going through. He's it not been a normal selection Sunday for our, for our friend, but uh, we have the bracket. The bracket is out, uh, and the NCAA tournament is now set. We know that Iowa is a eight seed. We'll be playing Auburn on Thursday at five fifty uh, down in Birmingham. We'll, I'm sure we're going to talk just uh, plenty about the the site selection for that game. Uh, Iowa State will play the winner of Mississippi State and Pittsburgh, who are playing in a, a first four game uh, late early this week. Uh, they'll play in Greensboro at two uh, 2.10 on Friday. Uh, the winner of the Iowa game likely gets Houston, and then the winner of the Iowa State game will get either Xavier or Kennesaw State. Uh, let's start with the Hawkeyes, since we know who they're actually going to be playing. What do you think of the draw? I. It's a weird matchup. Auburn's in an SEC conference that is, I think there's a lot of great teams at SEC this year. Um, and these last, I think, 12 games, they've lost nine of them. So they're coming off a very tough stretch. Obviously, all these games coming in conference play. It, it struggles me to find, I don't know what Vegas is going to choose for this line because this is just outrageous matchup, in my opinion. I, I already bet it. I already bet it at Iowa uh, minus half a point. Wow, Iowa's favored. I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we can start with the location, obviously, it being in Birmingham, two hours away from Auburn campus. Already tweeted about it. Already have Iowa State fans in my mentions saying I'm already making excuses. I'm a typical Iowa fan now. That's fine. But I struggle with this matchup because, Jared, they are a very interesting team from that aspect. They don't, they're not necessarily a great scoring team, but they defend at a high rate. Um, they get up into pressure the ball. Something that, quite frankly, Iowa kind of struggles with this year. Um, it, this this could, this game is also interesting on Iowa's side because they score the ball at a high rate. So this is going to be a little, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a little lot, a lot of difference of styles. But I don't know. I I see this as being probably one of the better eight nine matchups draws that you wanted. Location-wise, no, but a draw compared to the other 8-9 eight, eight, seeds, I think Auburn's probably the best one they got. I think you have a valid argument when it comes to uh, the game being in Birmingham. Uh, I don't understand why an 8 seed's getting the benefit of the doubt to play, in, or a 9 seed's getting the benefit of the doubt to play in their own state. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I have people talking about on Twitter right now that, oh, eight, nine C's locations, they don't look at locations. It doesn't matter. How the fuck are you going to sit there and say that? That I'm sorry. I already used the F word. I know I was trying no, you're to good. No, you're good. down on the, I was trying, sorry. I was trying to go as long as I could without saying the F word this episode. I, I don't understand how you don't look at it as an NCAA committee member because you, these, these teams that have these home games essentially that creates a huge disadvantage for the other team. I don't, I mean, it, yes, there's other teams in that region. There's other fans that are coming and watch those games, but I, I've played in these games. I've, we played, damn, we played uh, Cincinnati and Columbus. Like there are seven seed. If you want to go off the seed line, why is seven seeds getting favored? Yeah. We're a lower, lower seed than they were, but I mean, how, how are they getting a hometown, basically home, home state game? I just don't understand how like anybody can make the argument that, oh, you know, it doesn't matter for location. Like there's four other or there's two other nine seeds, you know, you can't flip them and have one go to Birmingham and one go to wherever else. I guess, you know, West Virginia, I think, is a nine seed. And they uh, that game is also in Birmingham playing against Maryland because that's in the uh, in Alabama's region. But like, I understand Alabama playing in Alabama, but how does nobody on the committee sit there and say, Hey, maybe it's kind of weird that we have Auburn also playing in Birmingham. And I hate to be one of these guys too, Jared, but I feel like Iowa in the NCAA tournament, I know everyone's going to start coming, attacking me. Here's the Iowa fan screaming at the clouds that it's raining. I feel like Iowa's been absolutely railed by the NCAA committee these last few years that they've been in the NCAA tournament. I mean, go down the line. I talked about playing Cincinnati and Ohio. I think when uh, Iowa played in the playing game, they played Temple and Brooklyn. Um, we played the Pac-12 champs in the second round of the NCAA tournament, the team that got a bye of all teams in the NCAA tournament during the COVID year. Richmond, we turn around playing play on a Thursday game. Um, after winning the Big Ten championship, we get rewarded with a five seed, which was absurd in the time of us getting a five seed after winning the Big Ten tournament. And we play a Richmond team in um, 
Where did we play? It was such a short trip. Oh, Were you guys in Buffalo? Yeah. 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 Sorry, it was such a short trip for us. I don't remember being there. At least you can laugh about it now. Yeah, and Buffalo is the worst damn worst city in the whole United States. That was the best thing for me tonight, knowing that I was going to be going wherever Iowa State was. When I saw Albany pop up on there that first time, and Iowa State wasn't there, I'll I'll admit my heart skipped a beat. I, <laughs> I, I was like, God, gosh dang it, I don't want to go to Albany. Don't usually go to Albany. Yeah, usually when you say that, that's when you end up at that location too. And I'd been saying it all week that I was probably going to have to go to Albany. Like I was fully, I had convinced myself that's where we were going. Uh, but Greensboro, you know, I've never been to North Carolina, so that will certainly be interesting. Uh, I think, I think if I had to, if I was making my, I mean, I obviously, I, like I said before, I already bet the line on this game. I think Iowa will win this game. Uh, I think this just feels like, a pretty good draw for them where Auburn, like they don't shoot the three very well. Like if, if Iowa can come out and shoot and just knock down some shots, like I think they give themselves a good chance because I just don't think Auburn can keep up with them, but it's about forcing Auburn to play your style of ball and not really slow the game down and try and make it a defensive type of game. The thing I struggle with this matchup is the, the streak they've been on, right? Like they're a team I mean, same thing happened with Ohio State. They ran into a hot team and a team that was desperate. I'm not saying, obviously, they're in the NCAA tournament, so it's not the same mindset as Ohio State had when they ran into them in the Big Ten tournament. But we're looking at a team that's lost nine of the last 12. A really solid team to be a nine seed. And like, they played in a really good conference. The nine, nine games they've lost weren't no cupcakes. So I, I struggle with finding how this the, the game is going to go because this team could come out extraordinarily hot because of what they the timing they've had to get ready for this game iowa has time in as well but the teams they've been playing has been far superior than iowa has in the big 10 the thing i would i would wonder is when you've won if, when you've lost nine of 12 i mean that can obviously take a toll on a team you're not exactly sprinting into the ncaa tournament is there any vibe of like we're just really tired of each other, you know? And I don't know, like, it just is, it, it's one of those things. Like I, I could see it being a detriment where it's like, it's been just a long year, you know, and you've had yeah. a long month leading into this. And it's like, everybody's the vibe is kind of just, we're ready to not be with each other anymore. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think, I think the, when you get in the NCAA tournament, no matter what your seat is, I mean, just from my perspective, um, it's kind of just like a relief, like all, all things that were a problem regular season, I think kind of go down the drain. Cause you realize, man, we just play basketball for 40 minutes. We move on to the next round. Like that's all you're looking forward to. So I think from that aspect, I don't agree just because just the, the accomplishment of just hearing your name called, I think it's a very, um, a lot of people think it's not, it's, it's really easy to get into a tournament, but it's really not. It's one of the hardest things to do. And you have to really, have a really solid season to make it. Um, but yeah, man, I think this, this matchup worries me from a lot of different angles, but it is the best matchup with eight, nine seed for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. I actually did write down that Maryland, West Virginia game. I think that will be pretty good too. I think the line on that one was two and a half. Uh, so I imagine that that will also be a pretty close game. And I just, I enjoy those eight, nine games when you get the two power five teams that are, have been in desperation mode of like, we just are trying to make the tournament. You know, I feel like that adds an element of excitement. Those games can just always be 
those can be some of the best games of the tournament because they're just so evenly matched, such evenly matched teams. Yeah. And re- realistically, we, we talked about this, uh, I think last week, from two to 14 seeds, like it's really not that much of a difference, to be honest with you. Like it's all about matchups. It's all about who you get faced with. So at the end of the day, once you're in and have a solid understanding of your identity as a team, like I said, 40 minutes is all it takes to pull off that next round game. Would you pick Iowa to win in your bracket? Obviously, being a Hawkeye fan, Hawkeye alum, I have to go with Iowa, and I want to go with Iowa, and I think they will win. But I do think it's going to be a really, really intense game. Um, I would imagine Auburn pressures their guards. I would see. I would. I would think Iowa plays a lot of uh, a lot of uh, their one-two-two press and uh, a lot of zone, just because of how Auburn struggles to shoot the ball. And they don't want to guard for 30 seconds in the shot clock. Auburn just do decides to slow it down. So I would imagine a, a very zone heavily end of first half to second half by Iowa. What uh, what would you think of a potential matchup with Houston? This one is tough, dude. Because I I've been the biggest Houston fan this year. You know that. I I thought they're a team that's going to run away with it and going to absolutely no one's going to come close to them. They're down some bodies. They've been yeah, struggling. Down, down Marcus Sasser. Yeah, yeah, their best player. Yeah. So from that, from Iowa's perspective, what better one seed can you get? A team that's wounded. So, I mean, I'm happy for Iowa. We got that draw with Houston. But Houston does scare me just because of how athletic and how well they play on, on defensive side of the ball. I mean, they're, they're Iowa State on – on steroids basically of how they defend and how they're able to pressure the ball and get turnovers. And that's something Iowa can struggle with. Needless to say, Houston is going to fit right in, in their new conference starting next year. Uh, they play exactly the style of ball that will fit very well in the big 12. Uh, all right, let's flip things over to the Iowa state side. There's not a ton that you can really say because of the fact that they're playing a, a team that's playing in the first four. What's, what do you think is the challenge of playing a team that's playing in the play-in game? I think one of the challenges is having that team have a game under the belt. Um, they get a rhythm down. They've seen them. They've been in the NCAA tournament game already. Um, obviously, traveling back to their location. I, where's, I was stays in Greensboro, so yeah. it's not terribly far, I guess, from where they're playing um, for the play-in game, but that can definitely be a, a factor on how they, whoever Iowa State gets. I would love to see a Mississippi State, um, Iowa State game. I think that game might be in the 30s. And... I was say, yeah. <laughs> the, over, the total would be 75. Yeah. I, that would be one of those games you don't want to touch the under over. That's, just... I, that's Iowa versus Wisconsin football. Yep. You just don't know. Yeah. There's no idea. And and then Pitt is like the exact opposite where they want to play really fast and get up and down and try and score, and then they don't defend anybody. I would imagine Mississippi State runs away with this just because I, I wasn't so hot on the ACC this year. I don't think the ACC was really good. And Pittsburgh had a, a pretty decent year in, in the ACC. I mean, damn, they were top of the ACC most of the year. Um, and, they're, and they're still a 11 They're still 11 seed. So that shows where the committee was – kind of looking at ACC conference that they didn't think it was that strong this year. Same thing with the Big Ten, Rutgers not getting in. I think that shows 
they reward the other conferences. Well, and even then, I mean, I think Virginia was a four. I think Duke's a four. Uh, or Duke's actually a, a five. Yeah, five. I think Miami was a five. Like, do they even have a team that's seated higher than that? Not that I have noticed. Um, Man, tough year out out east. North Carolina didn't even get into the dance. What did you think of their decision to to skip the NIT? I'm not shocked. I feel like they're they're. You want to talk about a team that's ready to get to not be with each other anymore, right? <laughs> like you can kind of say their ego, I guess, as a program. I feel like you kind of figured they were going to decline the NCAA tournament or the NIT tournament bid because I mean, what's the point? You're, you're a blue blood school. You're not, you're not playing to be in the, in the NIT tournament. So I totally understand it. I don't think it's that it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be like your NIT isn't that important of a tournament. Let's be honest. I do think that there is a, like, I'm not going to say it's a high likelihood, but there is a chance that we could see both Iowa State and Iowa and Kansas City in the Sweet 16. I think that they're I, – I would peg it – like, put it below, you know, like 30% or something like that. But I do think there that is a possibility if you just get into some good situations, especially if Houston is as banged up as what they've been. Like, that looked like – that team looked like a shell of themselves today against uh, against Memphis in the AAC championship. And the crazy thing is not only Iowa and Iowa State are together, we have Drake as well. So we have essentially all three Iowa teams in the same region of the bracket. That has to be some kind of record. I would love to see history on that if that's ever happened before. I was prepared to see Iowa State have to play Drake in the first round. I just felt like that was something the tournament committee would do as a punishment for the fact that Iowa State and Iowa don't play Drake in Northern Iowa. Yeah. Drake's a good team, man. I Yeah, I, they are. I wouldn't be surprised they knock off uh, Miami in the first round. So I actually wrote this down. I saw some things on on Twitter. Uh, Norchad Ormier, their uh, Miami starting center, averages 13.6 points, 9.7 rebounds per game. He's day-to-day with an ankle injury and has been out, I think, for these last couple of games. When he's out, according to uh, Evan Mayakawa on Twitter, when he's out, Miami's metrics drop from 38th to 63rd, and Drake's win percentage goes to 60% based on the analytics going into the game. So obviously, you know, it's all numbers on a piece of paper until something, until the balls are out there bouncing. But if that guy doesn't play, I think Drake's got a great opportunity. And I mean, I think Drake's good enough that if they got hot, they could be in the sweet 16 too. I I think that is entirely legitimate. And how excited would the people in Kansas city be if three of the four teams in the sweet 16 were from the state of Iowa? That place would be bumping. Yes. Crazy. The power and light would be lit. That's for sure. Yeah. Would Diesel make an appearance again? They need to get him back out there. They had to make his show last night at the at the tournament. It was supposed to be twenty dollar entrance, and because it was like thirty degrees outside, they made it free for everybody. Hell yeah! Shout out Diesel. Yeah, I think the Big Twelve had to pay him a handsome sum to be sitting courtside for the championship game, and then do the the set across the street the, the big 12 probably really had to eat it on that one. Oh yeah they they took such a huge loss jared there's they're, they're struggling to make that payment <laughs> give me a fucking break <laughs> yeah we just paid shaquille o'neal i don't know 1.5 million to come out and sit courtside for the basketball game you know really so- what we made in one second of the big 12 tournament right and then uh and then they had fat joe there the night before like i just i like how random these people were that they chose to have 
be sitting courtside at their games. Yeah, Fat Joe was a crap shoot with that one. They showed him on the on the video board Friday night at the Iowa State Kansas game. This was so funny, dude. Showed him on the video board. They're like, everybody, give a big hearty Big Twelve welcome to uh, Grammy Award winning artist Fat Joe. <laughs> And I need like the crickets sounder. That's no basically no. That's basically what it was. Every, like, you just know everybody in the arena is like, "Who the hell is Fat Joe?" Yeah. It's just like you have to be a very specific in a very specific mindset of early two thousands rap to be thinking about Fat Joe at a basketball game. I mean, I don't know one of his songs, so you don't know not... a single Fat Joe song. I mean, I'm sure if I heard, it, I would. I'll know say it. you would definitely know one if you heard yeah. one. Yeah, but I don't remember a song that I can name. Yeah, I haven't thought of Fat Joe as being relevant since I was probably in the seventh grade, if yeah. I'm being, being quite honest. Uh, as always, our basketball conversation on the podcast is pr- uh, presented by our friends at uh, Sweet Caroline's up in Ames, Ki- Sweet Caroline's Kitchen and Cocktails. Perfect place to watch the tournament this week. Uh, get out there with your your friends. It's on Main Street in Ames. Uh, all right, I ri- wrote down a couple other games that I thought looked kind of intriguing. Uh, Duke versus Oral Roberts. Max the Max Aismith show takes on the Blue Devils. Uh, this is I feel like the five twelve matchup is the most cliche game to say this is going to be the upset of the tournament. But I think that I think Duke loses this game. Really? But I, I think that like, also could be me overthinking it because the last time we saw Oral Roberts, they went to the Sweet Sixteen. See, I I see. I think Duke has a chance to get to the Final Four. Oral Roberts, though, that is an interesting matchup because they have they have some good good players on the team. I mean, they have seven five center. They have obviously uh, Max coming back for after what he did was it the COVID bubble mm-hmm. he went mm-hmm. off in. So I mean, they they have the ingredients to make that kind of Cinderella run. But I mean, I, it's just hard for me to see Duke. I guess they've done it in previous history yeah. of losing in the first round, so they have that, but. I was going to say, CJ McCollum and St. Bonaventure say hello. Uh, The Mercer Bears say hello. I think that was another one. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if it just feels like one of those years we're going to see like a Duke, UCLA, you know, Houston type Final Four for some reason, just because of how bad the NCAA college basketball teams have been this year. It's it's the kind of final four that you look at it and it could be 1981 or it could be 2023. Exactly. And you have no idea which one it is. Like we could see Michigan State making a run. Like they they play USC first round. I don't think USC is that great of a team, um, solid team. But Michigan State's capable of making a run, beating Marquette, getting um, out of their region, getting the Sweet 16. I mean, Kansas Purdue. State. Purdue keeps team. proving you wrong too. Purdue yeah. keeps proving you wrong. Yeah. I mean, Memphis is a solid team. They could upset Purdue. I don't see Florida Atlantic. I haven't watched much Florida Atlantic, so I can't really talk on their team. But Memphis coming off a, a game against Houston, that that's a really big-time win. They go as Kendrick Davis goes. Yeah. As, yeah, but Kendrick Davis is really damn good, so – that guy usually is going. <laughs> He's, it, it, it don't matter if his team goes as he goes because that guy's always going. Uh, One of the things I found interesting, Jared, I don't know if this was your next topic you want to touch on, but um, Arkansas, Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. We have Illinois as a nine seed. This kind of goes along with what we we're talking about. Playing in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. It's Arkansas. 
against Arkansas. Now, if I'm Arkansas, I'm I'm the same way as I feel like Iowa fans should be towards Auburn. How the hell does Illinois get Des Moines, Iowa as a nine seed over eight seed Arkansas? And Arkansas is an unbelievable team. Like I think they're capable of making a run too. Well, and I mean, you can't imagine Kansas would be happy if they had to play Illinois in the second round in Des Moines. Yeah, I mean. That's still a, a, probably a very pro Kansas crowd, but that, there would be more Illinois fans there than there would be for most other fan bases. Right. Shout out to Bill that... Self. Prayers up for Bill Self, man. Hope he's uh, back on the sidelines this week. Did they say? I didn't see the recent headlines. Is he able to coach? Yeah, they said they they expect him to. He had a a stent put in, I think, something like that. It was nothing, you know. I don't know that he had a heart attack, like what people were saying happened. Uh, right. but he did have to have a procedure done on his, uh, on his heart. And hopefully he's, uh, I think they're planning on him being back on the sidelines. So that'll be good. But that team looked awfully damn good without him until last night, uh, in their first two games, they just looked, I thought they looked kind of tired last night against Texas. But, uh, I still think that that team, when they're playing well, I think they're the best team in the country. They're the best team. I think I've seen when, when they're on, they're just so long and athletic and like can get after you so hard defensively. And then they got guys who knock down shots. Like Jalen Wilson is just great. His ability to get to the free throw line and just cause havoc uh, in what he can do offensively is, I mean, there's not many guys in the country who can do it like he can. I mean, the more I look at their region, I going back to the final four we were talking about, I mean, I, I see a Kansas UCLA matchup. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. Gonzaga plays a Grand Canyon team. Grand Canyon is a very solid program, and Drew is a great coach. Always has great teams. We played them in the COVID bubble. Bubble as a they're a 15 seed. That was one of a really that was a hard matchup for us. So we they're a really good team that year. Um, so that, that's an interesting game from my my perspective. TCU obviously in the region, but man, Kansas has a really great, really great looking um, route to the Final Four. Can we talk about TCU for a second? Yeah. What do you think of the Yeti Lampkin stuff this week? I, I'm not shocked. Obviously, after what we've been talking about this whole season with headlines how it's been handled by the program, how it's been handled in, in, in general. Um, reporters reporting idiotic headlines left and right. It's just a shame. It continued to talk about how crazy the NCAA college sports landscape is. They're just idiots and morons and people in the not, not the best interest for the kids all over the place from off the court and on the court. I was uh... – very surprised to see TCU never even put out a statement about it. That was kind of odd. Uh, it, they they never even said that it was unequivocally false, which I thought was kind of odd. Uh, it was kind of just an ignore it type of situation. Um, man, and Eddie Lampkin said some things that I thought were serious enough that especially when I saw a column from someone in Fort Worth earlier this week that talking about how it, Eddie had gotten a big head and all these kinds of things which I don't know enough about the intricate details of it uh, to weigh in on the NIL and like all that kind of stuff that that was discussed, but it just felt like a lot for a 21 year old kid uh, who 
claims to be going through things, you know, and it was like gunning for him and making it, him to be the bad guy and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I felt like that was unnecessary, even if you don't agree with them or even if the, like if the program was happy to ignore it, then so probably should be the columnist in my opinion, you know, yeah. like if the program doesn't think it deserves the time of day, then why do you Right. just to bash the kid? It's just another headline just made out to damage the kid and everything that's been handled. It looks like from the TCU perspective has been just poor, poorly handled. And I, I don't understand why not more people are talking about it from the coach's perspective and the program perspective. Rather they go towards the player perspective and see, I mean, that headline that we were talking about, talking about NIL, yeah. got a big head. How do you how do you go to that side of the story and not what's going on in the TCU program? How is that the first thing you go to? Yeah, the headline was, uh, this was from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. It said, TCU's Eddie Lampkin is an example of what can go wrong with NIL and a big head. Uh, and then it basically broke down from when Eddie had his big performance last year against Arizona in the NCAA tournament, gets a significant NIL deal, the story goes through to claim that he wasn't doing the work in the gym and all these different kinds of things that he was complaining about his playing time and all this stuff. And basically boils down to NIL is bad because it gives people a big head and makes them not want to work to do the things that they need to do. And it was, that was basically how I felt it went. I, my biggest issue with it is it felt like there was a lot of trying to put themselves inside of Eddie Lampkin's head when they clearly never talked to Eddie Lampkin which I think is really unfortunate. You're uh, projecting the what you think somebody else's feelings or somebody else's actions mean onto them through what you're hearing from program sources, which would, in this instance, obviously not be the best source. So I just thought that that was, that was my frustration with it, is it seemed like they were, the columnist was trying too hard to be like under or try to explain Eddie Lampkin's motives when he had never talked to Eddie Lampkin about what Eddie Lampkin's motives for things were, you know? Yeah. It just goes down the line though. Everything we're talking about reporters or coaches, just the whole, the whole system is so flawed. And another example of a kid being, I'll be interesting what happens to him in the future, just because of everything that's came out and how the how public has, um, right. How, on it. Now, if someone's out there, if somebody was on the fence about recruiting Eddie Lampkin as a transfer and you read this column, you might sit there and you'd be like, oh, man, I don't know if we want this guy, you know, and that's where it's just that just felt like an attempt to just try and ruin somebody for no reason. You know, it's like, come on, man. What like what do you have to do that for? But no need for it. No. And TCU's got a really good team, you know. And it's, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out with Eddie because I think that their team would be even better, you know, but, uh, it just felt like a kicking someone when they're down situation. Like, even if it was where some of these issues that were written about were true and it, and maybe there were some, some issues on the program side as well with what Eddie was doing, that's fine. Why are those being handled in the media like that? You know, yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion, but, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what TCU does. The first time that I picked the bracket, I had TCU going, I think, to the Sweet 16, and then I think I, I knocked him back. I, I wasn't I wasn't 100% sold on it, but I still think that team is really good. Um, 
one other game that popped out to me, UConn versus Iona. Rick Pitino uh, oh, yeah. in the headlines right now uh, is being fought over for numerous jobs. St. John's, Georgetown, Texas Tech reportedly threw their name into the ring. How how would would that go? Rick Pitino in Lubbock. That would be insane, but not not surprised, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. I'd be pretty surprised. I don't know if the Rick Pitino shtick would play in West Texas. Would we, though? Would, at this point, Jared, would you be surprised? No, but I, I just, I'm just saying that it's like if he has the options to be in St. John's or to be at, at, at Texas Tech, why would he not be at, you know, why yeah. would he not be at, at St. John's? You know Rick Pitino's winning at St. John's. I don't know. I, I saw I saw him get asked the question about um, his future, or uh, whether it was a Georgetown job, or I don't. I can't remember what it was, but um, he basically. I mean, he took the SID route of just answering it about it's all. He's always always about winning, and he stated their conference record and everything he's done at Iona, how much he loves this university, and blah blah blah. So right. it's pretty obvious he's going somewhere at right. the end of this year. So Rappertino's too good of a basketball coach, though, too. To like to toil around in the MA double C, nothing against right. the folks at Iona, but yep. it's like if they're gonna let Rick Pitino back into the game, he might as well be in the Power Five, you know, yep. like whatever at this point. All right, man, who uh, who's your final four? Make your call right now. Just looking at the bracket, man. I, this is it's a crapshoot. Um, beginning of the year, I, I had. <laughs> I had Alabama after everything that's going on. It's still, I I still have to go with them, even though I don't believe. Did you hear what Greg Gumbel said on the the show tonight? I did not. They, uh, they sidestepped some criminal activity. Oh no. That's a great way to put it. He's announcing like that Alabama's the number one overall seed. And he's like the Crimson Tide, you know, what such and such in the SEC, such and such overall won the SEC regular season and tournament titles had to sidestep some criminal activity involving their star player, Brandon Miller. And it's like, Oh, that's one way to put it. I suppose there's one way to put it. Oh, Um, I, I do. I like Alabama. This this Duke region, man. This could I don't Purdue's not getting out. I don't think they are. I like Tennessee, Duke, Marquette, Michigan State could make a run. Kansas State. This this is just a loaded region. But I just love how every like every time you say that Purdue's not going to do something, they do it. They're not going to. <laughs> I don't know. Zach Eady seems like he's on a mission. Did you see that man today? Yeah. He was on a mission. I think I'm gonna get. I'm I'm gonna go with Kansas State coming out of this region. Okay. I'm go with Big Twelve school. I think they're a really solid team. I do. I do see them making a run out of this uh, region, Midwest region. Another tough one. I think Texas gets upset early. Um, I've never been a big Texas fan this year. Drake, I think, pulls off some upsets. I really like Houston, but I, I mean, going, I can't go against my hot guys, right? Like how do I choose Houston when Iowa is my blood, my family? So I have to, are you, a, are you an analyst or are you a fan? What are you? Come on. I don't know boy. what I am anymore. Jared. After today, I don't know who I am, what I am, where I should go, how I should do it. I have to go with Iowa in the final four. I All right. To. Yeah. Okay. 
put your analyst cap on for one second. You're put. You're picking Houston. I'm picking Houston. Analyst cap. Yeah, Other analyst yeah. cap on. I'm going yeah. to Iowa. Um, last region, Kansas. Been high on them all year. UCLA. Either of those teams. I like UCLA coming out of that. Surprisingly, I think UCLA comes out. Okay. I I think I had Alabama. Uh, I think I had Marquette, Kansas, and I actually picked Texas, dude. I think Texas wow. is playing really, really well right now. Uh, uh, like on some level, not having Timmy Allen kind of like took a cook out of the kitchen, you know? Yeah. It's uh, It just seemed like they played really good ball this weekend. But I, you're right. The, they seem like the kind of team that everybody will get really excited about and thought that they should be a number one seed, and then they'll lose in the first round, yep. you know? Usually how that goes too. They'll get upset by a tooth uh, toothpaste brand Colgate. Uh, Colgate. Colgate's a good team, man. They're they gave really they gave Wisconsin team. some trouble last year. I was impressed by them. Yeah, they gave Wisconsin trouble. I remember they played in our region. Um, they we almost played them in the round of thirty-two. My junior year, they almost upset Tennessee. Really, really great program. I wouldn't be shocked them making noise in the NCAA tournament. The basketballs are going to be a problem this week. This is my last prediction. Everybody's going to be complaining about the basketballs. I'm calling it right now. Hey, new basketball. New basketballs, new rims, new nets, new court, new concession stand food, all the above. It it's all happening right here on the NCAA tournament. Get your tickets now. Shout out to our folks here in Des Moines that are hosting the site. Get seriously, get your tickets at the Iowa Event Center. Go hang out with those people. All right, man. Well, uh, I don't know if we're gonna do another episode this week or what we're gonna do. We'll uh, we'll we talk. Should. Yeah, we definitely we'll, should. We'll talk before I leave for uh, before I leave for Greensboro. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk to everybody again soon. Peace. Iowa everywhere.